Hello and welcome to another episode of Northwest Buy, the podcast about the tech scene in Manchester and the Northwest. I'm John Cleary, co-founder of Craytech, a Manchester-based software development agency, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Zach Giorgio, Hi, recruitment, John. recruitment guru and co-founder yeah. of Chroma Recruitment. Hi, Zach. We're back. We're back. Today on the podcast, we have three developers who are just about to embark or have recently embarked on a career in tech. We thought it'd be really good to get them in, uh, in to find out their story, really what they have enjoyed, what the challenges they have, and really if there are any tips for others on the same journey. So first we have Matty Koss, uh, started working as software developer some six months ago, after more than a couple of other careers. Matty also has his own podcast called Cybertrek. It's very good, I recommend you listen to it. Thank you. Welcome Matty. And next we have Amaya, uh, who in his own words, eats codes for lunch. I think it's a brilliant tagline. I really think you should register that domain name right now. Thank you. Um, has, a, has been a professional coder for a year now. Welcome, Amaya. Thank you. And finally, we have Hamad Ali um, as an apprentice software developer and who is 19 today. Happy birthday as well. Thank you. Uh, welcome, Hamid. So uh, let's get started really with the questions. What courses have you all done? What's, what do you find was good? What was the recommended route into coding for you. We'll start with you, Hamid. I've done boot camps. Um, I went from learning from online on free code camp and stuff. That's where I started to look at it. But where my journey began was looking at ExoMars Robot. So um, Airbus came into the UK and did a demonstration. And while I was looking at it and the algorithms are built and stuff like that, and that's where my journey into tech began. And then I looked into it and found North Coders and Code Nation. So I privately paid. Um, I first tried to get an apprenticeship. You know, it's not as easy to get £6,000 um, as a person yeah. who's just finished college. But privately paid it um, and then got into learning. And honestly, when I started, I was like, what have I got myself into? But absolutely, a few weeks into it, I absolutely started loving it. And it's somewhat different i'd say it's really really different so a steep learning curve is that steep what you're saying learning. at the beginning it's very, yeah it's very intense at the start but then you gradually get into it you know the learning environment and everyone's just talking about coding and stuff and it's the right environment that's what i seen when i was working at home it was just me on my own but when i started to come into coordination and stuff like that it was a lot different everyone helped you around if you were struggling someone there was always someone there to ask about it and the biggest thing I thought was my self-confidence because I weren't the biggest person to go out and public speak, but that was really big. Yeah. And Matty, you went through a similar route, is that right? What do you feel like the kind of environment was like? We're talking about coordination now. How was? How did that help you? Coordination is great. I've, uh, I've done many courses. I did my first course uh, in 1986. I learned basic uh, language and that was great. And I guess that gave me the itch and the, and the bug, and I haven't done anything for a long time. And I did recently, I mean, in the last two years, I did some online courses, apps, websites, but I always felt that to learn coding, the coding is not just writing a code, it's being with other people, it's with other coders. Therefore, it is important to learn from people, not just from a program, from a script. And the truth is, what I say is, to make a coder, it takes a it takes a village. It takes a lot of people, a lot of effort. It takes a lot of interpersonal interactions. It's not just how to learn how to code. It's 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 very important to know how to coexist in a team of other coders and how to help, how to learn, how to ask for help, and so on and so on. So I found that in Code Nation too. It's also my alma mater, 
and I really enjoyed and it was uh, like a happy place and a happy place I don't mean that everybody is always you know just jumping with joy but happiness meaning like you know that you're steadily progressing to where you want to be even if it's through sweat and tears and yeah. there are a lot of sweat and tears but you know you're going somewhere sometimes you don't know where you're going but you're going there so I really enjoyed that I think that learning from real people is is great and I see that the online courses also try to incorporate that now having people uh, personnel where you can email or maybe chat people realize that the just learning from a website might not be enough because coder is so much more than being just writing a code right yeah coding is definitely a social social activity and I, I'm thinking back to when I started coding and the you know when the first games came out for the spectrum a lot of them were written by one person and they built them and so they were like 16 year olds and they wrote them at home and then they posted them on you know on a cassette into a, a company and that company said hey this is great and they they gave them like five thousand pounds or something ridiculously small and made a fortune of it those days are over right it's now teams of people build one application or sometimes teams of teams it's like 50 100 people building spotify so the days it's as, it's as important to be social and to be able to interact with people as it is to code amaya what's your kind of a experience and intro um, to coding i mean I, I really believe in courses and the practical route of things, especially when it's programming, because I think places like universities or colleges, I mean, I've been speaking to a few people at college right now, and the questions are, for example, I don't want to do Visual Basic, and my teacher doesn't let me use something like Python or something like that, and it just shows how outdated that system's becoming. Mm. And then you've got universities where you go into, and uh, I've seen people with masters in computer science, and they come out and they can't do a for loop, for example. So I really believe in Pluralsight, Udemy, all of these online websites doing these courses because I think it incorporates the practical experience that the instructor has, and you can learn off that. I, I actually want to ask you, Zach, because uh, it, it seems like that at least at the boot camps they say, no, the degree is not so important, it's the practical skills and so on and so on, but the top tier com tech companies still want to have a STEM degree. So what's the truth? Is it important? Is the basics of the computer science still very important or, or is it just the skills? But I want the truth, not like the... I, d I think it's always dependent. You know, I know a number of clients that, you know, one of uh, James McDougall, who was on our last podcast, he talked very much about the fact that there wasn't necessarily a need. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it really does come down to the employer. I mean... For me personally, I think everything comes down to attitude. When it comes down to it, anybody can do anything the end of the day as long as you've got the right attitude you know all you guys have decided at some point matter yourself after many different careers this is what you wanted to go down hammered you mentioned you self-funded to do it yourself um with yourself ma you mentioned again the fact is you've all want to do it if you've got the right attitude does it matter i don't have any qualifications but i've got the right attitude and yeah. i think that's the most important thing i think you know that well, you know, we're talking about the degrees, and I think actually some people are it's going through a degree, not sort of maybe sleepwalking through it. You know, they they're, they're seventeen, they're eighteen, they don't they kind of know what they want to do, but they're not sure. So they enjoy computers, so they mm -hmm. go through it and they just follow. Whereas I think what we're talking about with people in front of us here today is that you led your own, you chose your own path, and you followed your path rather than follow a path that someone led for you. And how many people do a degree? and then don't necessarily go into anything to do with it anyway. 
I'd love to know. No, the, love to know the stats. I bet <laughs> it's quite high. <laughs> yeah. No, but what I'm sorry, but just what I'm saying is that of course we're not talking about people who just go through life without doing anything. People who are into it and go to to learn one of the STEM courses. Mm. What, what, from what I from what I gathered, like in the, let's say big four: Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. They want besides you being a good coder, they still want formal education, formal formal computer science and there are things that I there's no way I could learn on a boot camp like things going lower to, towards assembly that just there's no way there's no time right you just in a boot camp is all about packing so much knowledge which is also a, the fatigue that I wanted to mention through all the courses I did four or five languages I, at the end of it I couldn't remember most of them because it's all about packing lots of knowledge very fast so maybe the STEM is, a, in, in a way, is, 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 is very beneficial. I think it's more of a, um, obviously a degree has its benefits. And one of the main benefits is obviously that university life that comes associated with it, which many people want to do. But I think degrees are great up to the point where they teach you the basics and the theory that you need to know. For example, in meetings that you have, for example, with senior developers, there's just some standards that you need to meet. Not every single bootcamp can teach necessarily the theory you need to know, for example, to understand what um, the senior developer is talking about when he says solid, for example, because I haven't seen many university degrees that do that. But I think it comes at a trade-off of, do you really need that degree for what you're going to be doing? Is the company that you want to go to actually put in that degree on a pedestal and using that as a leverage? It's, I mean, more and more, I know Zach knows more than me, but looking at job postings and none of them nowadays have pretty much asking you for qualifications i mean i've spoken to hundreds of recruiters and all of them are about the attitude how you work within a team team culture how well are you open to criticism because i think again that's another thing that is new to many people getting into software development the fact that yeah you might at home criticize yourself and be read stuff off stack overflow and say okay this is better but when a senior developer sits on the other side of you and says okay, this is fantastic, but this is how I would do it. I think being open to that. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, just, just one thing, I just because I really strongly disagree. I mean, maybe I look at the different ads, but there are a lot of ads because the coding industry is, is not much different from any other industry. The, everybody wants a very young person with a degree it was right out out of college with four years of ex work experience. That's what that's what right? they It's good if you have a degree, but we also want you to have a two years uh, professional experience. There's like tons of ads. So the coding industry is great that it embraces people without the without experience, and it's easier maybe to get into it than other industries. But I just I I feel it's a it's a more of a like a dream and a bubble that yeah you there's you don't need any degree you don't need any experience. No, it's hard to get a job as a junior uh, developer without experience. And by university degree, I don't know. I just feel that maybe this is a is still a very beneficial. But it's not like you can get easily into it without it. Um, I think it's okay to have a university degree, but where I disagree is, whereas you're spending time revising for exams, the work, exam boards are just tricking you to make you fail the exam, where you're spending time to just writing assignments, you could actually be coding. And that's where I strongly disagree with university's layout, is they're actually teaching you to pass an exam or how to write a good essay but as boot camps they actually tell you how to code and when you're struggling how to go about that 
as in look at Stack Overflow or W3 School yeah. and stuff like that. And that's where I think coding boot camps can be more beneficial than universities. I was going to say, I think the boot camp is laser focused on getting you prepared for that first role. And that is all, or as a degree is a much broader base. And we, you mentioned like solid principles and other sort of abstract concepts that are covered at university that are not covered in a boot camp. And I think the computer science degree does have its value. There are companies that are still looking for it. They may be more, you know, AI related or machine learning, uh, data science, those kind of careers. I think there's plenty of space for people who are coming through self-taught or boot camp. But yeah, certainly some companies who can afford to be pickier will be pickier. And they're your big four that you mentioned, Matty. So I think there's the space for both. But can I come on to now the sort of something that Matty mentioned, I was going to ask about anyway, which was the old, you need experience to get the job, you need a job to get the experience. Mm-hmm. What, how are you finding that? Or how did you find it not having, going to those interviews and going, this is who I am, I've got uh, zero months experience or how many months you know, at the boot camp? Mm-hmm. So with you, Hamid. I had nine recruitment days. And I got through on the last one I had. And I think every single recruitment, the feedback I got, I wasn't happy with. One of them was one of the biggest, which I was surprised by myself, was my dad's making me do this rather than I'm doing it. I was just like, how can that be? Because that's totally opposite. My dad wants me to go to university. But every recruitment day was just really, really, it just makes you feel bad. Like, why am I going wrong? Because not every feedback, they're just not the truth but then I went about it a bit different way and I just told them look this is who I am this is how it is and that's how I got into it what are those recruitment days like then what what's involved um there's always a task that you have to do it marshmallows be. marshmallows bridge always no <laughs> um so we had different ones so we had um one of them was building up it just relating to what the company is doing the one that i got through on it was the marshmallow build the biggest tower and i've got an engineering in college so i did engineering and that's why i was really strong at it and they see my engineering side of things stem and degree. how stem degree <laughs> i could not i could not honestly i'm um, sure you can teach I... someone to build a marshmallow tower in less than four years literally 10 minutes well, um, i would hope but even with STEM degree, I think I did engineering for two years and I I honestly, I thought it was the same thing. It was yeah. the same thing over and over, just looking at assignments and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is not me. I do not want to be writing assignments day after day. Mm-hmm. And I know in job it's different. You know, I worked on the HS2 and I realised it was different, but I, I just think it, it was not for me and I'm more practical. But coming back onto the recruitment days and then if you got through to the interview, interview stage that's where you actually speak to them and unfortunately i had nine and eight of them i didn't even get through to the interview stage so i was just like where am i going wrong because you know when you're working as a team everyone's just trying to step on your toes because everyone wants it and you've just got to be that little bit more that you want it more than the others it's the harsh reality that you're going to step on people's toes but that's what recruitment days are that's what i got out of it i think so as a group format you're all yeah. applying for a small number of jobs and maybe yeah, 10 so of you for two places or something like that yeah it was one to five ratio okay I think. maya what's your kind of experience of of the recruitment phase and you know what kind of pushbacks did you get what was hard I about it i think it's and i think many people would disagree but i think experience is important but I think each person to their own. And I think 
if I can learn something in six months that someone else learned in two years, that shouldn't mean I can't do the job posting that they would naturally go for. So most of the time, if, if I go to an interview and come out with, okay, e.g. you have less than three years of experience, then I always understand it from their point of view. And I'm like, do you have any technical tests? Do you have any technical reviews? Do you want me to sit down with your senior developers? Do you want me to come in for another day? Mm. So any shape or form where I can prove my technical competence, I think gets over that experience barrier. But obviously the company needs to be forward thinking enough to let you get to that stage first of all, before you can just say, okay, I know I don't have the experience you put on your job posting, but I do have the skills needed for that thing. And I'm sure the recruitment industry knows that. And which is why I know many people despise recruiters, but I think recruiters have the leverage of knowing the client and knowing that they can specifically get you through to there if you can be confident enough. Yeah, I'll bring you in Zach on that. I mean, that is really your role, isn't it? To kind of bridge the gap between the junior developer and the company saying, I've actually spoken to this person at length and they are X, Y, Z. I think you should give them a shot, even though your requirement is three years. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, when you've got a skill shortage, which we do have, as we know, we've got a skill shortage, um, it never goes away. It's been a skill shortage before you were born. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's how long I've been around. It doesn't go away, and I think most people do look at it and say, yeah, okay, I want three years, or I want two years, or I want five years, and that's utopia. Anybody that writes a job description tells you they want this as standard. However, it is our job to bridge that gap, to make sure that we talk to the client about, actually, this is what you can get for that. And again, you know, I think it all comes down to attitude. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think ultimately, yeah, don't get me wrong, everybody wants somebody with experience, but commercial experience and somebody who's sitting there coding and making sure they're putting everything on GitHub on a daily basis and making sure that they've got a profile that can be looked at and viewed at by a client, ultimately that client might then turn around and say, oh, okay, I'd be interested in finding out a little bit more about this guy. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it really comes down to how much you individually want it. So there might be utopia in a job description, but fundamentally utopia is one thing and the reality of getting the skills in the market is a mm -hmm. different thing so i think anybody that's getting into development like you guys have done should very much focus on what you can do personally in the background to make sure your profiles are Definitely. outstanding and once you've done that at that point then it should be our job to be able mm -hmm. to support you in that Matthew, can I bring you in because you mentioned something, sorry to keep picking on you, but um, it was a good point you talked about companies looking for young people, that was one of the criteria you mentioned, and how prevalent do you think age discrimination is in the market, and you know how well are, pe are people d making any effort to disguise it, or are they, are they openly discriminating? What do you think is happening? So I am most of the times the oldest guy in the room, usually uh, I'm 47, by the way, the cat is out of the bag. Uh, so I'm usually old, also older than the people who are interviewing me. So it is, uh, it is difficult. And I always try to show that my years uh, might, be, might, be, might be a lot, but my passion uh, is young. And I think the great thing about coding is that it's like an elixir of youth. We always, there's something new, the new framework that came that we don't mm -hmm. know. And in face of that new framework, we all babies. And I always try to put the stress on that and, and, and my passion and maybe my immaturity. 
that uh, helps. But it's hard. There, there are not that many people in my age who are trying to get into that industry. So if I said I was passed over by young people, then obviously because everybody else is usually younger. I don't feel there is a there is uh, a big bias. There's certainly uncomfortableness, and you know, of course, there's a bias, but this might be unconscious bias, but. It, it, it's a natural bias, and I have nothing. I have uh, I have no problem with that. I'm here to prove people wrong. I was called many times, not to my face, but too old, too slow, too fast, too opinionated, too loud. It's fine. I, I I I'm happy. I take all this as a badge of honor, and I'm here to prove wrong and succeed. I think where there's a skill shortage, it's irrelevant for me i don't think age is is, is anything no. apart from a number i think ultimately when you've got a skill shortage you've got a skill shortage if somebody's got the right attitude does it matter how old they are yeah am i old no, no. am i old in recruitment maybe <laughs> <laughs> i'm compared to hamad and <laughs> um, can i just touch on a subject that we we mentioned right at the start and this I, I noted it down straight away and i found it fascinating I hear lots and lots of developers say, is there remote working involved? I hear lots and lots of clients turn around and say, I don't really want them remotely working. I prefer them on site with us. I want to build a team. I want to build a culture, etc." And um, we know how challenging it is to get in the city and how much time taken, mm -hmm. how much is a work-life balance. However, remote working is still something that's quite prevalent within development specifically. Mm -hmm. All three of you, mentioned how much you enjoyed working with other developers and that really rung bells for me and it made me ask myself the question is it true that sometimes people do hempet developers and say oh they like to just work on their own or they like to remotely work but all three of you were completely opposite really now me being the non-developer the non-coder <laughs> in the room I'll ask the question to everybody really including yourself John about the comment that you made at the start which is do you really want to work on your are developers really these people that just want to work on their own and want to remotely work or as you all alluded to you really want to work with other people personally for me remote working breaks the deal in theory and for many people they'd love to remote work but and i think it also is dependent on how far you are during your career i think a more senior developer with for example 10 to 15 years of experience wouldn't mind working from home from remote because he's pretty much seen every sort of developer he can out there but i think if you're early in your career being with a team and being with other people is much more valuable than remote working obviously it's a really good thing to put on a job posting because then it shows the company's attitude and culture towards yeah you you can you've got a delivery that day work from home or that type of thing but I work with people who do remote working because they live not way more up north, way more south. And I think it's on a per person basis. But most people I've spoken with would rather work in a team unless it's something like you said, getting into town or getting into the city. And yeah, I enjoy, as I said, I enjoy working with people. So uh, I think it'd be lonely to work always remote. But on the other hand, I would welcome a mixture because of the life-work balance. I have I have two small kids at home, and uh, I need to spend some time with them, and I have some other requirements. So the mixture, you know, flexible flexi hours can only take you that much. You still have to make them up. So probably I would like to uh, see a mixture of it. But for me, working alone is very lonely. I like working with people. I like bouncing ideas, and despite of 
technological advances that we have now and living in 21st century can connect any way you want still i i believe in a human touch and a, and a person-to-person connection good yeah i'd agree there just because if you're early in your career and you're remote working you'd struggle because if you're stuck you've got no idea where to go what to do but working in an office there's always someone there to guide you and stuff like that and i think coming into town um personally for me it's an hour journey and i hate it but i think there's always ways around it such as flexi times and stuff like that that can really really help you out so i reckon rather than remote working having a flexi time that would work out better. yeah i i basically agree with what everyone's saying i think my whole career up to about eight years ago was always on premises and i picked up a book by 37 signals called remote They'd written a previous book called Rework. They're both really good books. They're really short books as well. Like each chapter is like two pages. Really, really good book. 37 Signals are now Basecamp, by the way. So, and that kind of changed my mind about remote work. And it made me think, actually, there's a, there's a value to it. And you drawing on a bigger pool of talent. And so it's, it's a great opportunity for an employer to get more talented people. And they had rules around it. Like there had to be some overlapping hours. You know, it could be in different time zones and so on and so forth. However, as a business owner, I'm agreeing with what you're saying, that particularly new people starting in the business or people who are less senior, that face-to-face time is the highest bandwidth for learning, right? Two people at the same screen or next to a whiteboard are going to learn much quicker than two people sharing a screen remotely because even that tenth of a second delay over the phone and you can't see people's eyes and the the inflections in their faces it's all part of the learning process and you pick it all up when you're face to face but uh, Maddie's point about some flexibility and the option to remote work I think is the best balance it's a really interesting one because I'm massively into culture and your environment Mm -hmm. and and, and so on and I think it, it needs to be embedded within everybody whether you're a developer or the CEO or the office manager, whoever it is, ultimately a culture is really, really important because you know, you've got one common goal, you understand a lot more. If you were working remotely all the time, continuously, yeah, okay, you might be working on pieces of work. However, is it not so much better, like you say? So I'm really chuffed to hear that, actually. It's mm-hmm. really good news to hear that you all prefer to work with people rather than remotely because... We don't really want a world, do we, where we're all just sat at home no. like our kids no, will be <laughs> on social media in the bedrooms, not communicating. I'm spending my whole time telling my kids not to do that. It would be <laughs> hypocritical if I started doing it myself. Can we go on so technical stuff now? We we haven't really touched mm-hmm. on it before, but what about uh, languages that you use? What have you? What do you think is sort of in now? What did you learn in either your boot camp or when you were teaching yourself? And where do you think the sort of that stuff is going? I'll start with you, Mike. I started off with C and ABR, so microcontrollers, which is now they use them in Arduinos and obviously they changed the language so it's easier, but I started off with electronics, C. I still remember the first time I wrote my Hello World application in C and I was like, whoa, this actually is doing what I'm asking it to do. And I think that's one of the things where I think that's, it just showed where my passion was. And moving on from C, it's, it's a really low level it's the next level perhaps after assembly and it's one of those languages where it it works on your logic and the algorithms that you're thinking constantly the language isn't doing lots you're the person that does lots so i think coming from that background gives me that confidence to say pretty much to recruiters or to managers or to senior developers i don't really it doesn't really matter what language you're using 
I, I've got that logic. I know I can think that way. Move from C to C++, then move to Python at school. Then obviously, you know, your base HTML, CSS, not programming languages, but yeah. I mean, now that I'm looking at .NET, I know Zach knows is a, is a buzzword we could say in quotation marks, but C Sharp, Python, all of that type of stuff. But right now I do work with C Sharp, but obviously Node.js on the side and JavaScript. I think they're all just core languages that, and I think syntax or the programming language isn't really a barrier. It's more of, can you think the way the programming language wants you to do? And do you know what how to do the thing that you want to do in that language? I think that's really interesting that you're still quite early on in your career and you've already encountered and worked in <laughs> a handful of languages. And I think if I went back, if I think back to when I started coding, I did basic at the age of I don't know, 10. And I did that for like four years because right, that was the only computer that, and I probably would have learned other things, but you know, and then you learn another language mm -hmm. and you do that for two years. Like I did Delphi for like two years and then, but I think the web in particular, the, the means to learning new languages are out there. All the different online courses means that you can learn six languages. Yeah. And second point about them being transferable, it's that thinking that is transferable mm. across all languages. I do think, again, that does come with a disadvantage, the fact that I do see people that shove 12 languages on their CV and when it right. comes to it, they just know the basics in each language, which I think is really bad, which I think it's good to hone down on one specific subset or one language, stick with that, and then you can transfer that to other languages per se. Yeah, okay. Matthew, what? I, being on a bootcamp, which was focused on JavaScript as a vehicle to teach foundations and principles of coding, I covered that. I, I worked in uh, C Sharp, and, but as I said before, I'm a, I grew up uh, when uh, Steve Jobs came back to Apple. They were my formative years, and uh, I'm an Apple diehard, so I, I love Swift, and I'm very disappointed Manchester is not a Swift town yet, <laughs> but uh, maybe we can do something about it, Zach, please. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I really, uh, I mean, this is Apple, Swift, uh, this is where I feel, uh, I feel happy. It's not uh, necessarily where I can work, and I'm, and the truth is, you know what? I'm sure everybody agrees. The best thing, regardless of the languages, when you make the thing, like you said about Hello World, you press and it works. Who cares what technology it is? This is the best thing about coding. The little thing, even the smallest thing you create and you press and it works, that's the best thing ever. The worst thing, obviously, on the flip side is that you press and it's not working because there's a <laughs> bug and you cannot go to sleep because it's driving you crazy. It might be one comma that you're missing, but it's there, right? Am I yeah. right? Am I right? So it's true for any language. And I think the best thing is, although I love uh, Apple, but the best thing is bringing technology to people. And, and in order to do that, you have to go to a company and work in a company that does products for people. So for me, that's the most important is to be able to work in an environment where they, when the product, not in the bedroom coding, but to make products for people to have people use your technology. And yeah. in that way, I am uh, agnostic. Thank you. Hamid, what's your... Uh what, what language have you worked um, on? What have you enjoyed? So I've looked at JavaScript, which um, has been interesting. I hated yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but absolutely, I've, I think when you start in any language, it can be tough to just get yourself started. But one language where I think me and Matt are absolutely going to hate each other now is I absolutely hate Swift. <laughs> absolutely hate it. I don't... Hamad, I love you. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Um, but I think... 
it's just one of them languages where I don't think. But now I'm learning Java because. <laughs> Java. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have brought up about languages. Um, I'm glad we got like Swift, but he likes Java. <laughs> I think I, I just thought, oh, but at the moment I'm just learning Java because uh, that's what my company uses. So yeah, of um, course. Um, I've got to concentrate on that, and it's better. I think it works. You can compile it, right? So <laughs> we're nearly out of time. So if I can just ask you all, thinking back of sort of your year or plus a couple of years of experiences. What message would you have for any junior developer, anyone looking to get into the tech industry, maybe one piece of advice that you'd you'd want to pass on? Um, can I start with you, Hamid? Absolutely, go for it. Okay. Honestly, it is the best thing that I've done so far. It Not one day is the same. Literally, not one day has been the same for me through the six months, uh, sorry, three months of the boot camp or anything like that. And also, you will learn something new every single day. Right. Not even. Creation is great, and the coding lets you create things. So that's amazing. And you, as quoting someone else, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. So don't worry if it's not working now; it will come. And if you if you like it, you can you can love it, and and you'll grow. And don't worry about it now; it will come. Am I? I've been thinking while they've been talking. <laughs> you got the longest time to think. I put Hamid on the spot. Thinking. Can I have a redo? <laughs> <laughs> for this, for junior developers. Yeah, for anyone really it. looking to break into it, you know, something that you've had maybe had to push through or some difficulties you've um, had. I think focus on the interpersonal skills as well and the human side yeah. of the technical stuff. If again, you can be a really good, high-performing, brings in a lot of money jerk so which <laughs> then makes which then brings the entire team down which then means you might have loads of stuff but i think if you work on the interpersonal skills as well that can bridge a lot of things for you and get you really far put in the experience and everything else aside so yeah be a good really high performing brings in a lot of money good person good <laughs> right brilliant right thank you very much everyone for uh, coming you. on the show today it was thank really really interesting You're thank welcome. you that's the end of the show today. If you like, please subscribe. If you've got any comments, please uh, message us in the usual uh, channels. Thank you very much. Cheers.